0: Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Bienvenidos. Bienveni. How are you, Dom? I'm well. How are you? Doing well. Kind of like um, trying not to move so much right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I kept on my AC for quite a while so that mm-hmm. by the time we sat down to record, it would be nice and cool mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be sweating.
1: Do you hear the ice cream truck in the background, by the way? No, I don't. Oh, well, the ice cream truck is um, passing by uh, in my neighborhood, and this is the first time in, this, in the summer that I've ever gotten like nostalgic and then I wanted one. Oh, but, um, continue. Yeah. No sweating. Well, we, everyone who listens to this podcast probably since day one knows my very firm stance on this season. (laughs) I'm sure they do by now that those are the two things people are really, really, really going to know. Like when I die and in my obituary, in my, um, eulogy, when everyone talks about the things that they know most about me, it is Haiti and I hate summer. Okay.
0: <laughs> Regarding your hate for the summer, mm-hmm. I would understand why. Cause yes, the humidity is crazy. And I think mm-hmm. that every year it keeps on getting worse to be honest.
1: Yeah. That's because we're, in the midst of climate change (laughs) yes
0: of course but i think this is the first year that i agree with you
1: (laughs) i want every i want it on the record everyone know it's been four years going on five going on five years we've known each other and this is the first time she's agreed with me about the summer (laughs) never mind the worst heat wave of 2016 Whew, Karen, you're getting me all hot. Anyways. I don't remember that. I don't it's traumatic. How can you not? I really don't. <laughs> but now I agree
0: with you. I am on your side that it is disgusting. Mm -hmm. And the other day, oh, well, actually on Wednesday when we did yoga, Mm -hmm. the train was so delayed. I think I waited there for like 20 minutes. Oh, my God. That
1: is rough for New York City.
0: Yes. I felt the sweat dripping down my back. I felt like I was stinking. I just like, mm, I I had a horrible time. Mm -mm. But I just tried not to move. So that I just wouldn't make myself all cranky or whatever. And then today was also super hot.
1: Yeah, it was a tad better because the breeze isn't as hot as the like, still air. True. Yesterday, it was like 1,000% humidity and then the breeze was like 1,001. And I'm like, this is just rude. <laughs> Uh, but I
0: think the weather's going to, uh, you know, I think by this weekend or something, it's probably going to be like 70, something like that. So it might not be as bad for Labor Day weekend. As long as it's good weather for the pool and the beach, I'm happy. Because that's yeah. where I plan to be.
1: Yeah, we know what kind of beaches I like. <laughs> yes, we already know, Dom. Mm-hmm. I actually was so so grateful I went out to this is when I went out to LA um in February before we went out again (laughs) for Mm -hmm. work um uh I went to Malibu um and it was overcast and I could not tell you the pleasure (laughs) the smile that cracked open on my face when I saw no sun and all clouds. I was like, there is a God and Jesus is looking out for a girl. (laughs) And I was so blissful, (laughs) blissful. And it was on a Tuesday um, because I was there in LA for a week. So it was on a Tuesday. And it was on a Tuesday at 11, completely, you know, um, bare. Was oh, there was, yeah. like, two other people, um, barely, like, um, the beach cops around. So really great um, time to blaze it up. And I had two canned rosés that were, like, at 13.5 um, ABV percentage, which is very high for wine. Um <laughs> So I was lit, I was lit, and I wasn't actually being lit by the sun. I was so happy. <laughs> One of, that is literally my happy place. I really do love Malibu in very, very specific circumstances.
0: We know, Dawn. mm-hmm. Now
1: That's that you- my beach day.
0: <laughs> and now that you bring up Malibu, mm-hmm. I've been watching, well, actually, I haven't been watching because I already finished this series.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I I guess I'm skipping or like going ahead of like the highlights, but I still have other highlights anyway, but I wanted to share with you guys that I've been obsessing over this show on Netflix. That's called stay here. Mm -hmm. And it's a home renovation show. Yeah. So they go to like different areas around the U S and they just, you know, renovate an old house or whatever. But in this instance, It's it's, um, so that the owner makes more profit when they put it on, you know, places like Airbnb Mm -hmm. or all those other home rental websites. And so one of the houses, I think it was like the second episode, it was a, a beach house in Malibu. And I remember when I was looking at all the, the list of episodes, the first thing I saw was Malibu House. I was like, okay, forget the first episode. I'm going straight to the second because I of want course. to in Malibu house.
1: Of course.
0: <laughs> but I love watching those shows. I don't know what it is about them, but I, I am obsessed. I love how they like show like the little tricks here and there that they do to save money on renovations and they, they just like give you ideas on decor. And in Mm -hmm. this one, they were giving homeowners ideas on how to, you know, make their home more welcoming for Mm -hmm. their guests and so that they would get a good rating on Mm -hmm. the websites. I'm obsessed. If you are the type of person that is also into home renovation, check out this show.
1: My very, very, very close circle of friends. Uh Uh-huh. Every single one of them watch HGTV or like the home renovation type shows. And I literally don't, I like cannot understand why I'm not into it. (gasps) I will put HGTV on and like, I'm just like, it doesn't do it for me. No way. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I didn't know that. No, I'm not into home renovations at all.
0: I love it. If I had my own home, I think that's what I would spend my entire time doing. Yeah. But also, oh, here's another quick detail. I think it's been about two weeks that I rearranged the furniture in my room Mm -hmm. because I was so bored of the previous way that I had it. I was just like, I'm not feeling it. And then one day when I was working from home, I signed off at six on the dot and I Mm -hmm. just started moving everything. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It worked out because I did a lot of cleaning.
1: And now my room is like, it gives me a different vibe. I don't know. I love it. Okay. I am so happy you brought that up. So I said I don't like home renovation or anything. Uh-huh. I think that, like, honestly, I I know I joke around being princessy, but, like, I really am deeply rooted in, like, not doing as much work as possible. Um, <laughs> so when I see, like, hammers and painting and things like that, I'm like, hmm very adverse to that stuff (laughs) um but you're talking about like rearranging your room and kind of like working the energies and kind of like a little feng shui Mm -hmm. i am really 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 trying to make myself a minimalist like i'm not the type of person who's like force yourself to do something you don't, don't like, that's not my overall philosophy. But with this one thing I'm like, if anything is going to mitigate my anxiety, it is to get rid of like all the stuff that I don't need and to like create a space for my literal space to not feel cluttered and give me anxiety. Yeah. Um, so that's like the only thing I know, whatever, where people were filled with contradictions. Whatever. This is one contradiction. I always say to everyone, even you, Karen, I'm like, listen to your body. Don't force yourself to do anything you don't want. And I do the <laughs> whole voice. Here I am. I was like, I am going to be a minimalist come hell or high water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're talking about homes. And I think we just opened up a Pandora's box. So... <laughs> I know that I absolutely do want to own a home. Yes. And I have an aesthetic in mind. And this aesthetic actually arose while I was out in LA. All roads lead to Los Angeles. I'm just going to say that right now. But no, all roads (laughs) lead to Los Angeles, but all roads to my heart lead to the Bronx. Oh, let's put that on the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Just that is my full disclosure. I don't want anyone listening to be like, oh, here she goes about L.A. again. Just get a new co-host, Karen. <laughs> Literally, I'm contracted, so jokes on y'all. Um, <laughs> but what, is, what I was going to say, um, I really, really love like the Mexican hacienda style. So, like, I love like the terracotta. Mm-hmm. I love the earth tones so much. And I realized that when I look through um, the minimalist tags on Instagram, because literally it's Instagram culture, minimalism is very good for photography. Um, It's all like really clinical white space, straight lines. Um, And I'm like, that is really antithetical (laughs) to like, what I want because I want like I really do want like a one level home um because I'm an old woman with bad knees. <laughs> uh and I want like I literally want the Mexican kitchen, the Mexican style kitchen. And I want uh terracotta tiles and I want like a yellowish kind of exterior and I want a lemon tree and I want a garden. Do you but want this wanna... as well? Well, let's add them, if we can. I mean, you're going to have the Hacienda home style. Yeah. So all you need are the horses. I'm going to, actually, I'm going to substitute my dog as a horse. <laughs> so Rufus will have, like, he'll have a literal stable, because, you know, my baby needs all the room he can get. Yes, so, so- Rufus will have his own little <laughs> house yeah (laughs) within the house yeah so when you guys subscribe to patreon when we actually make one (laughs) (laughs) um kidding it'll go to you guys it'll go to content for you guys or will it (laughs) just kidding kidding but um um but that's what i want but i want something like homey and cozy and like really earthy rich tones like that yeah but i also want it to be minimalist so it's probably gonna just be like very few things but it won't have like the minimalist aesthetic Mm -hmm. if I'm making sense yeah I know what you're saying I
0: guess it's just like keeping it to on a certain amount of colors yeah
1: and oh that's a good one that's a good point yeah keep going
0: yeah because I feel like a lot of these hacienda houses are very colorful and I think Mm -hmm. that's also what makes them look very busy and full Mm. Versus I think like you can have the hacienda home style, but maybe like just pick out one or two colors. And so obviously like you're not going to like pack your walls with artwork or everything like that. Like you have to create a nice balance. And I really think that you can do that type of home style that you're looking for. Oh,
1: <laughs> hello. About balance. <laughs> Are you hosting a home design show on the side? because you sounded very very much like a person who's not amateurishly watching these shows
0: trust me i'm taking notes
1: when i have my own home wow yeah right so the next uh venture under the anthology house umbrella is going to be karen's homes yes i'm gonna have (laughs) like a a whole bunch of bed and
0: breakfasts where you guys can stay at affordable prices. Because I was looking at the prices that they listed for this show, and it was like, what? I can't pay that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not in this economy. Yeah. But yes, that is one of my goals eventually.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But in Mexico, because I really want people to like get to know other areas in Mexico and know Puebla. Because you guys, I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but no. I am from Puebla, and so I feel like a lot of people only know Cancun, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not saying it's, it's not beautiful because, yes, it is. But if you really want to experience the culture, I feel like you should go to other areas, especially because here in New York, there mm-hmm. are a lot of people from Puebla. Mm-hmm. And so it wouldn't like, it would make me so happy that people get to see the different traditions that are in mm-hmm. different states. So eventually, yes, I do want to have my own little bed and breakfast in Puebla.
1: So, wow. I'm already putting it out there, okay? Yeah, this whole first half of the episode has just been us um manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what you have to do. This is our exercise and manifestation, guys. Yeah. We don't even have listeners. No one's, we're not even doing this for the listeners. We're ha- we're, this is our audible uh, vision board.
0: <laughs> but now that we're speaking about houses and rearranging furniture, mm-hmm. I want to point out that most College students, I think, started on Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect way to introduce our segment for today. Yeah. So shout outs to everyone that is back in school, just, you know, getting back into the routine of things, homework assignments, midterms, finals, art projects, whatever it is. Shout Mm -hmm. outs to you. You know, I I finished college maybe like, what, like six, seven years ago, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. And I was talking to you, Dom, about it, but I miss high school the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you want to share a little bit of like your experience when it came to
1: college? Yeah. Um, well, we talked a little bit about it, just a little bit, um, because I'm a unique case where literally every academic institution I've um I've uh been a part of and received education from, say from my um MFA, have been privately owned and not only privately owned but also affiliated with um the uh Church, the Catholic, uh, Catholic Diocese of New York. Mm-hmm. So, we talked a little bit about like my college because <laughs> it was also Catholic and private. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to the College of Mount St. Vincent in Riverdale, and that is when I first became um, enamored with the Bronx. Um, it was my first time actually ever being in the Bronx for an extended period of time, aka four years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I see yeah, so shout outs to MSV. And I also wanna, you know, shout out another illustrative, illustri- illustrious, illustrious um, podcast host. Who also happened to have gone to um, the College of Mount Saint Vincent, and that is our guy Thesis. Yes, I knew it. I knew mm-hmm. it. Was him. Yeah. Uh, so MSV out here making legacies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, seriously. Yeah. Podcast they, legacies. They they're probably gonna open up another like section in the communications building just for podcasting.
0: Hey, it's the next big thing I've been telling you. Yeah,
1: Uh, You've been telling me, says the one who wasn't listening to podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) You've been telling me.
0: (laughs) I know. But hey, eventually it's going to be really big. And then probably you and Deces are going to be, I mean, teaching a class.
1: Oh, that would be awesome. Podcast 101. Yeah. I hope this gets Deces' ears. Yep. Yeah, support the Bronx. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, yeah. So my college experience, I remember from a young age. Around was I in third grade? I was in either in third, fourth, or fifth grade. I was. It was one of those. In you elementary. Know, in elementary school. Because now I'm old enough that it's kind of a blur. Do you know oh what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, Karen. <laughs> so then what? When you're 70, you're not going to remember what you were doing when you were 24? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a mess when I was 24. I don't even want to remember it now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I remember we went to a trip to St. Thomas Aquinas College, which is um, located in Rockland County. Um, not too far from where I originally grew up and because it's St. Thomas Aquinas College and I went to St. Anne's Catholic class, like there's going to be a theme guys. Um, (laughs) and they, so they just like had us go to a college campus to see what it was like. And I remember I really, really loved it. I really, we saw the dorm. We saw the cafeteria. It's like, we saw like such basic things, but this to me was right. like so, I mean, I was a child. And I we were all, um, the really unique thing about uh, St. Anne's School located in Nyack, actually now defunct, it no longer exists, but it was a very, it was like a s- small um group of students that was mostly consisted of, like, first-generation Haitian diaspora children. So um, when I went, when we all went, like, we all had, like, very similar experiences growing up.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so it was, like, really nice to be exposed to that because I remember when I came back and I was really excited about it, I was met with... If we could homeschool you in college, we will. You won't be going off to campus. <gasps> you won't be doing any of that stuff. Like, that's all Americans, you know? Like, you know yeah. it's like, who? I was, that kind of um, discouraged me a little bit. Not discouraged me to go to college, but discouraged me to let me know that, like, I really won't have freedom. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. Um, that ended up not being true, because I, despite the fact that Riverdale is like thirty minutes away from the lower, um, lower Hudson Valley, because it's so close to Westchester, I, your girl, ended up moving out and living on the dorm, in the dorms. <laughs> so, never give up hope, kids. <laughs> to all our fifth grader fifth grade listeners out there. <laughs> I hope fifth graders are listening to us. Yeah, well, we probably should censor ourselves a little more. <laughs> um so that is um that is I'm giving like a whole background spiel on college experience. But overall, I think um it was Really learn as you go. And I'm not talking about the courses that I had to take. I was talking about like navigating the culture shock of leaving home. Right. Um, and so I want, like, I think like the really important things to highlight or kind of hammer out, especially for our like first gen listeners, which I'm pretty sure is like 90% of our base. Um, is like (laughs) coming from it from like living in a household where it is more traditional or conservative, and like probably definitely not as shielded as me. I don't think I'm probably a really rare case of being shielded, but still, like. It's kind of like how our parents had to navigate literally living in a new country, mm-hmm. we had to literally navigate living in a different culture, yeah, and even if you weren't like me and like you had friends and you went out and you like drank at fifteen and you went to house parties, you were probably still in a heavy like a heavy um like immigrant community, like all your friends were probably all children yeah. of immigrants. And then you go to college
0: <laughs> and yeah. if you're
1: not going to a historically black college, it's going to be multiracial and multicultural and be- and di- different from your own upbringing. And like coming from your upbringing with immigrant parents to, you know, being really into <laughs> a really liberal
0: <laughs> society.
1: <laughs> it's, it's great. It just takes a lot of adjusting. Um, but yeah, I would say the things that would ha- would we would need to like talk about in terms of navigating is one, financial, and then you know actually being a student outside of like high school. And I think this is universal. Because um, I had some messy as uh, white friends who just could not get it together when it came to classes. <laughs> um and uh definitely social and safety wise but right um, I'm curious to know about your experiences um leaving so you didn't leave leave because <laughs> you didn't
0: <laughs> you no.
1: commuted, but you ocupi- you occupied both spaces you occupied a very like first gen traditional immigrant um household and then you were like thrown into this uh well you weren't thrown into it because you paid tuition no one forced you to go (laughs) (laughs) but like you were in this other culture different from like even your high school experience so I wanted to kind of know like how did you like logistically like did anyone even talk to you about it, like, from your family, like, your parents, or, like, even tell you, like, you know, budgeting or anything?
0: I mean, in terms of budgeting, I did know mm-hmm. that I had to just because I was paying for school out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So I did know that in advance. And that's that was kind of, like, what was freaking me out when I was mm-hmm. towards my last few months of high school. Okay. Simply because I knew that I was going to get the bill soon, right? Right. Like, okay, how am I going to do this? Is, is money going to be enough? Or do I have to just, like, take three classes? Also, there was no one in my family that had attended college. And so here's the thing that I want to point out. Back when, you know... I was in probably like, let's say, middle school or even part of high school. Some of my mom's friends, actually, let's not even call them friends because my mom is not the type to call anyone her friend. It's more like acquaintances. (laughs) 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 Only Jesus. (laughs) Yes. And so they would talk about like, oh, no, college is too expensive. Books are like $150. Like there's no way you can afford it they would like put these ideas that if really like, okay, how do you know? Because your children aren't even in college either. Mm -hmm. So where are you getting this information from? And you're just kind of like spreading it around and misinforming everyone. And so when I was about to start college, that's the idea that my parents had, that books were going to be crazy expensive and all this nonsense. And so when I started Obviously, it was something new to navigate because I had to take care of my own paperwork. It wasn't like my mom was like holding my hand. But that wasn't the hardest part just because coming from an immigrant family, Mm -hmm. you're used to either being the translator or calling like the light bill company. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you kind of have an idea of how to do this. (laughs) Right. That is a good point. Yeah. So in terms of that, I wasn't scared. Mm -hmm. It was mostly just like, how am I going to pay for books? How am I going to pay for my art materials? Because Mm I studied graphic design. So my first like two years, I took a lot of uh, art classes. And luckily, someone that I had gone to high school with, Mm -hmm. she went to the same college. Obviously, she was studying something different. Okay. But I remember when I took my English and math class, mm-hmm. the book was expensive. I think both of them might have been like maybe like $80 or 100 I can't remember for sure. But I texted her and I was like, hey, like, I don't know if you took this class before and maybe you don't use your book anymore. And then that's when she told me, she was like, well, no, I didn't take that class. But you can find it online. You can check out these websites and Mm -hmm. you can also see, like, the the school um, bulletin. They'll probably list books that other students are selling. Wow. I had no idea about that. And she helped me out with it and it saved me so much money.
1: I know. Looking back now and like how much Amazon has grown, like, people are like, obviously, hearing us say, like, we didn't know. And like you know, now you can sell literally anything. Yeah, like sell plasma on Amazon. <laughs> um, I'm ju- I'm kidding. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but that probably will be one uh, kind of vertical or. Market. It wouldn't surprise me. It will, yeah. Um, but still, like people aren't born knowing things. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. And like that is one. That that's one of the things that's a rite of passage, and they purposely i really do think like when we were going to school um i think chegg kind of was uh, starting to gain popularity like in my sophomore year after i was excuse me after i was in college but like it wasn't set up for you know you to make or save the most money because they have to make money right so like there was no, for me, there were no, re, like there was no one telling me or giving me resources or there was no marketing around like, Hey, save 50% on college textbooks. So for me, there wasn't, um, there wasn't like resources or marketing materials or anything readily available that said, you know, save this much. um, Save this much on your college textbooks. It was like you got the syllabus, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to bite the bullet and get this book. And sometimes they would like only suggest the college bookstore. Ah. So yeah, like it probably does sound ridiculous nowadays, you know. With five-year-olds with iPads um (laughs) that like we're saying like oh we really didn't know that we had other Mm -hmm. options in terms of um buying renting or and selling back yep textbooks but I can't oh no go ahead I was gonna say but yeah like that is like number one thing is to like look for the best price yep (laughs) <laughs> the funny thing was that
0: when I first started selling my books this one girl called me right she's like oh I'm interested in this book do you still mm-hmm. have it mm-hmm. I was like oh yeah sure I'm actually in the building maybe we can meet at this time and I'll mm-hmm. I'll sell it to you so yes we met up and then she comes and she acted as if we were doing like a drug deal or something oh my god really <laughs> yeah she's like oh my God, I don't know if this is allowed, but how do you want me to hand you the money? I was oh. like, what? I was That's like, no. so funny. But yeah, and I told her, I was like, no, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with that. Like people do it all the time. It's fine. She's like, oh, okay. I thought we were going to get in trouble because my professor was saying it to, my professor was saying to buy it in the, in the school library. Yes,
1: yes. You see, it's set yeah. up for you to, it's set up to <laughs> exploit you. <laughs> I told. I, what did I say? I said, "Get ready for a rant." <laughs> and I told her, "I was like, no,
0: this is how I buy my books all the time, and there's nothing wrong, so don't worry about it."
1: I also want to. You posted something on the show Instagram that was about you know, let's like grow and water each other. Oh yeah, um, and I'll also, I really do want to tap into like this collectivist spirit and I think since grad school I've really had this like really nurtured in me because like film um is collaborative in nature Mm -hmm. like yeah people will probably make there's like auteurs who make films just themselves they write they produce they direct and they edit and I'm like that's insane (laughs) um But, like, I was really blessed to have, like, a really great, like, film community coming out of grad school. What, like, I developed in grad school and then coming out, we still are still really close. Um, And we – it was set up so that we would all help each other. And, like, we know, like, there's just, like, this – there's just this um, strength and – power that comes when you're together. Obviously they say there's strength in numbers and that's not a lie. Um, But I would say, you know, really as students, I would say nurture those relationships that you have, whether you're Mm -hmm. freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, those relationships you have with people who are in your class, one, because they're in the struggle as as well as with you. And I would say like if – it is a class that does require, like, study groups and, you know, you're going to the library and, like, you guys need to work on group projects. Why don't you, like, chip in and, like, two people get the textbook? And then, yes. do you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I would, like, personally, I, <laughs> if I could do it now, I would pool money together and then we would get, like, like a textbook or two textbooks that, like, would be readily um, available to like a group of us and then we can all like just work together. Cause also I, I guess it's cause I'm like one of those writers who does like feed off of them um, a lot of collaboration and like workshopping. And that's a big thing when you are, um, a writing major uh-huh. <laughs> is <laughs> that you'll have workshops. Um, not all writers like that because a lot of artists have egos Um, Uh but I'm, I have an ego, but not so much where I don't want like people to contribute and, you know, we work together. So I'm saying I do find my best work sometimes is when I have energy to feed off of. So like, that's another thing when you, I, I suggest like getting like a, a group book.
0: Yeah. I I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're like me and you're horrible at math. Mm.
1: These study groups are great when -hmm. it comes Mm -hmm. to math. Yeah, you really can spread the trauma around.
0: And I I also remember that for a certain class, which I can't remember which one, Mm -hmm. but I realized that we weren't really using it. And so every time, oh, you know what made it easy, I think, in this class? That the Mm -hmm. professor would list the pages that we were going to read in advance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I would go to the library and just make copies of it. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have to buy the book in that instance. So that could be another option if that's available to you guys
1: just wanted to put it out there awesome yeah I really wish I really do wish we lived in a time where it was just like not taboo I also do think this is gonna be my more philosophical (laughs) um take on this is I do think There is a bit of a cultural shift now in terms of um, looking at money, Mm -hmm. Um, because I know, and this this is like, like I'm talking about like overall American cultural shift, but like also like Latin Caribbean cultural shift, um, or just like growing up from this background, like you don't you don't talk about money, you know what I mean? So you don't make it known that like it you you're penny pinching to buy. Mm Books and like from the outside, when people are like, "Well, you have enough money to go to college, then you have enough money for like the extraneous stuff," which is like not true at all. There, there's been stories about like um, people who are who do get like full ride scholarships, especially if they're like from um, really poor backgrounds. Yeah. And they get full ride scholarships. They only have like enough covered for their tuition and their housing. Sometimes it's a little hard for them to even like get food to eat outside of like the cafeteria Mm -hmm. or like clothing or like things that like you need in addition to like your basic needs met in, in addition to like getting education. So, um, I know where I was going with this. Oh, yes. So I do wish um, there was just more transparency in terms of, like, the relationship to money you're going to be developing when you are going into, you know, your academic Mm -hmm. career. Um, And to be honest, that's preparing you for the future. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. I feel like now there is just a bit of a shift like people are more openly talking about like everyone's out here saying we're broke because we are <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and but like I would say my I'm like, I am broke as hell but like I would say this in my mind or I would whisper it or like someone would have to say it and then I'd be like oh my god thank you for opening up those doors um but like you going into it I never associated like oh can I like I feel like I, I'm running out of money and it's like, I wasn't like such a, like, I mean, there's personal agency too. There are people who would like work or like get money from their parents and literally it would just be like, they would buy like the 48 case of beers and like just (laughs) ball out. Uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like actually like having this like little, these like little, um, seeds of financial anxiety planted and not having any, um, have not having any space to talk about it because that's you don't talk about money and you don't yeah. talk about personal economics. Um but now that there's like such an in um uh, in an in, in, an inequity in terms of classes, um people literally people are just like, we are broke. And I would say like Bernie Sanders kind of made that even more <laughs> popular to talk about how poor we are. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, I just wish, um, culturally I could, I didn't feel like as, as shamed as that girl. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. yes. Because culturally I'm just like, condi- we're just conditioned to not talk about that stuff. And I'm like, I want to, if I can't like better my immediate circumstances, I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And speaking about that, there's a something that I retweeted, but I want—I think it's perfect for like what you're saying right now, and I mm-hmm. want to read it. Mm-hmm. So it says, "Shout out to all the first generation students starting college this week. Universities are cool, but bizarre places with strange expectations. So show social and cultural capital that can be tough to navigate." Don't stress about that. You deserve to be there. You're going to be great.
1: Oh, I love that message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you deserve to be there. You're going to be great. But also, freaking college should be free. Um, that's the end of my rant. <laughs> end of my, like, going into a philosophical tangent. Um,
0: yeah, yes. seriously, like, no one should have to worry about how they're going to pay for their education. And then also a lot of people like dealing with it afterwards because they have student loans and then the job market. uh... Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. that's a a whole other
1: topic. Yeah. I was going to say before we keep sowing those seeds of financial anxiety, I would just say like that, that is a really good sentiment that tweet, um, it is is. to like, especially if you're like, you go into most people do go into undergrad, like 17, 18. I know in high school, um, it was, everything was to a hundred. Like if it didn't turn out this way, um, if I didn't meet expectations, it was absolutely the worst thing, which should tell you growing up in the suburbs comfortably is a curse <laughs> 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 because you will develop this kind of thinking where you're like, you know, I didn't get all A's. That's the worst thing in my life because I'm not going to go to a good school and then I won't get a good job and then I won't comfortably live in the middle class or move up to an upper middle class Mm -hmm. um, status. Um, Like, that is the hardest thing. Like, people literally were going to high school, like, not having food to eat. Um, But still were still managing to get their education. So, always keep perspective, one. But yeah, too, I... I mean it was just so it was just like you there is pressure put on you, and then you put more pressure Ooh. on yourself to like arrive at this, and I don't know if it's the hormones, I don't know if it's the lack of maturity, but when you are a teenager, young adult, everything is the worst. don't <laughs> do i I'm probably telling this to you, and y'all like y'all young adults and teenagers can be stubborn as hell um but do listen to that tweet and that sentiment that like it is going to be bizarre you're going to be more confused than you probably ever were in your life and things are going to happen um don't it's not the end it's not the end and if you find that you're overwhelmed and crushing under the pressure that is not an indictment of your personal character
0: no, no. College is is difficult. Trust me. There was a point where I was like that, and I just had to take part time because I was like getting to a point where all that pressure was too much for me. Mm-hmm. And so I had a talk with my parents, mm-hmm. and they were pretty understanding. And I told them I was like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I either graduate, and I probably will like have a panic attack some somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. Or I take less classes. And they were like, yeah, just take less classes. Like, what's the rush?
1: I hate when they do that, though. Like, when people hear that on the offset, they're like, oh, that's so sweet. Your parents are so supportive. I'm like, they are probably the number one person making you think. Like, it's their voice in your head, which is why you're like, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Because they, like, are from day one they are like oh you know you have these responsibilities that like no five-year-old should have like you said making doctors appointments you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so like you have you already have responsibilities and you're like I have an ideal that I need to live up to so then when they say things like that I'm like you know what why didn't you why weren't you you flexible in the beginning yeah (laughs) It's still very nice. I think it's still very nice. And it shows growth and um, it shows understanding on their end and emotional intelligence.
0: And then I also I feel like when I was in college, I guess because this was this was different for me because I didn't stay at the campus. I commuted. Mm And my social experiences were a bit different. Like, I mm-hmm. never went to a college party. Mm-hmm. And the people that I ended up making friends with at college, uh, we also commuted home. And we never partied together, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. We would always party, like, on our separate ways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I never really got that college experience that I would see on TV or in movies yeah (laughs) that was was a little bit different and uh I don't know I don't know how I would have navigated through that but you want to share a little bit about your experience since you did live on campus yeah were there any crazy parties
1: um mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's one that comes to mind it's it was actually before my bio lab um midterm uh-huh so right before we broke for the spring break um winter break I'm sorry right before we broke for the winter break um it was a so it wasn't in, in campus it was the first um time so I moved into a a hall alumni hall which ooh, for the first that first year it was co-ed right um, literally co-ed like they made that decision two weeks before or just like before my parents got a heads up um <laughs> or most parents got a heads up so like the way the building was it was like literally on the same floor just one hallway was all girls and one hallway was all guys so Ooh. very close proximity mixing hmm um, so there was this one, um, it was, yeah, so it was, it was like, it, it started off, you know, pre-gaming and then we, I think we went out, we were bouncing around to other rooms, um, but then we ended up in a room, um, or our friend because she didn't have a roommate, so she had a double Oh. That was just empty. So she had a lot of room. So it was just, like, one bed on one side and then her bed and all her stuff on one side and on the other side. So it was, like, pretty big. It, yeah. I think it was the biggest room, actually, on on the floor. So we ended up at her place. And she had two desks. So we made um, the two desks into a beer pong table. Mm. And this beer pong game went on until, like, 4 a.m., there was, you know, a lot of green bean passed around, a lot of oh. licky, and a lot of uh, cerveza. Did I say that right? Yes. Yes. A lot of all of that. And I don't know, like, the guys that we usually hang out with came over. And I don't know how it turned from beer pong to, like strip pong and I'm like oh "Oh my god oh oh, how did you react to this did you I fully took part (laughs) (laughs) they they didn't have to twist my arm at this um suggestion I didn't is this the first time you're hearing this story too yes (laughs) surprise um yeah I took part so and did I lost. anyone?
0: Did anyone end up like crazy drunk or doing something stupid or?
1: No, um, which looking back I was very thankful for, because um, <laughs> people passed out. So it was just like three people playing it, and I was like, I gotta just take my shit out, and that's literally what I did. It's like, I just, I basically it was just like in my um, first wear, which is you know undies and. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess like nothing that was easy. like my most yeah. So I guess so. It's most wild if you knew me, right? Yes. Like you know that this like, I don't. I'm not adventurous like that, <laughs> especially when it comes to bodies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that's like my wild, um, oh, there was one time, uh, it was, it didn't involve me where I was like inebriated in any capacity, but I guess our door wasn't closed all the way. And this, um, friend who lived on the second floor, she's very known to like get blackout, um, wasted, and I guess, like, he gets blackout wasting that affects his, like, sleep. And oh. this is just, like, <laughs> really, really, I'm, like, thinking about it now and, like, remember how scared I was. But basically, he, like, slept walk to our room. Yikes. And walked into it and just, like, was sleepwalking, inebriated. Mm. Yeah. That's really wild. It would, and what did you guys do? Well, my roommate was screaming.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Like,
1: shrill, high-pitched screaming. It was all the makings for a horror movie. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. What's going on? And then I realized, I was like, oh, this guy is, like, sleeping. Like, s- literally sleeping. Right. He has no conscious, uh, consciousness. Consciousness um so I like basically what you do because I always like I know from I knew from a young age not to like you're not supposed to wake them up yeah so like you kind of I just like had to guide this person like out of the room essentially and thankfully his roommate was like searching for him so I didn't have to go <gasps> straight like to the second floor I was on the third floor um and it was like at 5 a.m in the morning and like, ah! oh my god that is so mature of you, because your roommate just started screaming. So she, and I think she like noticed it before. Like I kind of had to get out of sleep because mm-hmm. I was just like so like stupefied. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like her reaction was immediately to scream, and then the scream woke me up, and I was like, oh, "What is going?" It was so much. Wow. Yeah. Um, so those are like the bizarre things that will probably right. happen. Um, but I would say overall, um, culturally, yeah. I am one and only child. So it was the very first time I ever had to share my room with someone. I found that to be, um, I, well, I guess you guys going to have to interview my roommates <laughs> over the years. <laughs> I thought I handled it good considering and you know what now that
0: you speak about being a roommate I mean Mm -hmm. we shared hotel rooms when we were in LA Mm -hmm. and I think you were fine as a roommate it wasn't like you were invading my space or Mm -hmm. anything like that Mm -hmm. I think you're very conscious of like okay I'm sharing the room with someone else Mm -hmm. and if I'm going to do this maybe I should ask if it's okay or I shouldn't like you know take up all of the vanity space or whatever
1: yeah um that is one thing I can't tell you where I got that from because I've always kind of been like that even like if I went into someone's other space I'm always very aware and try to be mindful yeah um except a couple of times when we've shared a desk and I'm like I'm just grabbing things (laughs) (laughs) and you're like use your words those are the very few times where I'm just like oh whatever yeah, but I don't even know where that came from because I know I wasn't taught that. And not that I wasn't, like, my parents, like, didn't, there was no home training or anything. No, but right. I just, like, didn't, there was, like, there was no need for me to, like, say, like, oh, hey, um, do you need this desk that I'm going to be getting ready on because I didn't have anyone to do that with. And I right. definitely didn't share my parents' space like that either.
0: But I think that's that's very good to have just, like, you know, be conscious of, like, just respecting other people's spaces, especially when you go to college and you don't know who you're going to be sharing the room with. And I think, like, also for people that maybe, like you said, you were an only child, so you never really had to share your room or anything else with someone else. But I also feel like with other people that maybe you know, come from a bigger family and that are used to sharing things. They could be used to that in college, but I think it's also good to speak up and say like, you know, this is what I'm okay with since we're sharing the room now. Mm. And this is what completely like, it's a no. I feel like boundaries. You're so smart. Yes. Setting those boundaries from the like gecko, it really like, I think would make the living situation just better for everyone. So that way there's never like any misunderstanding or anything like that. I feel like, and even if you're like the type of person that's very quiet or anything like that, don't be afraid to speak up because the other person won't be able to read your mind. And you never know that other person may be kind of like rude. And just because you're not saying anything, they'll think it's okay and continue to do it. So just know that it's okay to speak up about what you're comfortable with.
1: I think that's, that goes into another thing that I wanted to uh, talk about (laughs) in (laughs) terms of culture. So I don't know if this is something that's like a big value set, but I know um, whenever people do talk about Haitians, I mean, they say, Some people will say really stereotypical, crazy, nasty things. But I do know people will always say, like, oh, well, like, Haitians are really, really polite. And they say thank you and please a lot. And they, um, uh, also growing up in Haiti, you don't look people, especially people, um, who are older than you in the eyes or directly in the eyes, um, and I know, like, I grew up with a lot of, I guess it would be, like, French civility. It's, like, passed down. Um, and I remember, like, I would always say, like, thank you to my roommate who grew up in a larger um, family. And I would say thank you to one of my really good friends who's, like, one of my best friends now. But I, she would, like, give me something and I'd be like, oh, thank you. Or I would always say, like, please. And I would always, like, ask in a way that's like, oh, I don't want to, like, be, you know, bothersome or anything. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, how I grew up. And everyone, and then I realized, like, they weren't saying, they weren't, they would just be, like, I don't know, they would, like, go into each other's rooms and take things, like, and they would be, like, I'm taking this, or, <laughs> yeah, or um, they really did say thank you, like, every single time. And I'm, like, what? And they're, like, yeah, that's, like, not an American thing. So that's, like, kind of an indictment on America um, and Americans. (laughs) But I know I was, like, oh, I'm, like, really, like, culturally, I'm, like, this is different. This was the first time I was, like, oh, I'm really not like them. Um, You'll see, yeah. Yeah, so I... Yeah, I remember, I, like, I remember a friend. Shout out to Lisa who's getting married next year. Um, <laughs> I remember Lisa was like, you know, you don't really, ha- you don't have to, like, thank me every time I do something. It's like, it's fine. We're fr- Like, it's among friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> what is this friend stuff? What are you talking <laughs> Um, Yeah, so that was one thing I had to learn. I still think that I'm pretty polite. You are. Yeah, I still say thank you a lot. I have noticed that I don't say I'm sorry as much, and I think you're rubbing off on me because you are just like, I don't care. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to assert myself. I'm not not apologizing for, you know, saying something and making my voice be heard where I'm just like, where I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt or like, I'm sorry. I don't know if this makes sense. I don't know. You know me. I always do that. I don't know. I, know. I don't yeah. know. And you're just like, Mm-mm. no. Statement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In terms of that, everyone I think already knows that I'm pretty outspoken about that. But yeah, I just like, and I think like even when it comes to social settings or parties or whatever, and even though I didn't party as much with my college Uh, peers. But even when I started partying, I also kind of like, you know, if something didn't feel right, I would speak up about it. And I think like another advice that I have here is like, always trust your gut. If you have this bad feeling about somewhere
1: that you're going or whatever, speak up about it. Exactly. Well, that's another thing that I want to that's a really good segue into it. Um, I don't have the stats. Um, we can absolutely put it in the show notes or, you know, I would love for Twitter and people to just, like, email me and educate me more. I mean, I know it. I just don't have the stats on hand right now. Mm-hmm. But we, we, you know, this is predating me too, but there was, you know, studies that would come out about the frequency of reported, um, uh, sexual violence and rape on campuses. Um, and I think that's a really good point that you bring up about safety. Yeah. And I really, really, really really want to stress home the message that I am, Karen knows this, I am so not like oh, ladies, like, be careful. Make sure your skirt's not too short. Mm. Like, make sure, like, if you're wearing a bralette to cover yourself. I am anti that. The onus should never be on women. Women should absolutely have the right to exist without even the thought of um, danger lurking. Yes. That is not the world we currently live in. (laughs) Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um So this is not like, oh, you know, just like, don't wear short shorts, short skirts. Um, Wear what you want to wear. Go out naked. I don't care. That's your (laughs) prerogative. More power to you. But I do want to say that having a good group of women, though, by your side. Yes. When you go out is so, so crucial. You're right. Because like when I
0: started going out to clubs and it was mostly with like the people that I was was still friends with when I was in high school, we would know, like we would always look out for each other. It's like, we're not leaving anyone behind. We're not letting you go home with a stranger. So it's just like looking out for each other. And like you said, Dom, I, I'm totally with you on that. Like dress however it is that you want to dress. Because you know me, I love my short shorts and my skirts. I don't wear anything below the knee. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so I shouldn't have to worry about like, oh, I'm going to the club, but if I wear this dress and it's too tight, like I might put myself in danger. No, you should wear whatever it is that you want to wear without feeling like your life is going to be in danger. Men out there, Should like mind their own business. And just because a girl is wearing a short dress or whatever, that does not give you the right to like go after her and harass her or whatever. No. Amen. (laughs) But yes, totally agree that you should have a good group of girlfriends.
1: Yeah. And I think that is, I want to say that's not always something. Or, like, having the instinct that, like, I'm not letting my friend alone mm-hmm. is not always something that people either develop or just, like, have, like, the instinct to do so. Right. So that's kind of where, it, it, like, with you knowing your own self is, like, is this even a good friend? Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. I This probably is controversial because you are like, you can't base a friendship just on that. But like, yeah, I will base a friendship just on that. Like, if you decided that like, oh, you know what? She's vibing with this guy. Knowing very well I'm like pissed drunk and like you still, and I'm like, you still see me go or you're like, you know what? I'm going to leave. She's vibing with him. They can go out and like have fun. Like, no. Mm-mm no I want you to come up to me give me a glass of water and like sit me down and be like is this what you want to do I actually want you to grab me to be honest (laughs) (laughs) but other people are different other people are like you know I want to have fun like I consent to this and I will be I'll keep voicing my consent and I'm like okay yeah um yeah (laughs) personally me I'm like yeah, he's a cat. And then Karen's being like, let's go home and get you fries. That's what <laughs> <Yes>. I <mean. laughs>
0: Well, I feel like, and I think like you pointed this out um, in a conversation that we had with someone else, which it wasn't on the podcast, but I know you're the type of person to like meet someone mm-hmm. and you start having this awesome conversation and immediately you're like, oh, you're so cool. I love you. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Me, I don't know about Leo, love. <laughs> yeah
0: (laughs) meanwhile i'm more like "Mm, i still need to get to know you better and then we'll see Mm -hmm. that's like always "Mm,"
1: i guess like how i am towards people yeah you need a person like that who has that barometer yeah even when they're inebriated yes um i think that's really good um so yeah i guess like that's one of the pitfalls is that when you do leave and you are immersed in, you know, a really liberal and diverse um, campus and environment, you kind of just, like, want to, like, literally immerse yourself and be friends with people. But that's the one pitfall is that if you want to be friends with people, you're going to be... You're going to end up befriending people who will hurt you or who will want to see you in that great position. Yep. And I don't know if there is, like... A strategy <laughs> per se except like trust your gut mm-hmm. um I, I if I could cut out certain people from the offset I wish I could that's one thing I wish I did like I didn't have to go through like the pain of like knowing someone wouldn't be there for me as a friend I mm-hmm. see and like literally that would be that would lead to something bad happening to me yeah um yeah, thankfully though, I like did have uh, like awesome friends who are like, "No, Dom's an only child. This is the first time she's having a dream. Like, <laughs> we're gonna do it in a controlled setting." And I, like, I really did appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta look out for each other. Yeah, exactly. Going back to our collectivist my whole, like, thing, like, listen, we gotta look out for each other, so we're gonna do work together, but also, like, look out for each other and make sure that no one is, like, getting their stomach pumped, because y'all are like, oh, no, they're having fun, and then, like, the whole, like, the whole group of you guys are on the news the next day, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying, like, don't do that so you won't get blasted on the news, I'm saying, like, don't do that because, like, it's the moral thing to do, like, be a good human being and look out for each other. Yeah, Mm
0: mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, don't know, I hope yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I hope that our advice is useful for anyone that is first generation, first time going to college, and just trying to like navigate through the whole experience. Yeah, and if you have any other questions, you can email us, you can tweet us, Instagram. And we're glad to like share more of our experiences because we do have a lot. Yeah, and I and think it's it's good that there's two perspectives. Like you stayed at the campus, I commuted. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
1: yeah, absolutely. And I yeah, going back to like to does. I am you. I mean, if you listen to me, you know I'm an open book. Um, That's so open that if we get famous and this is translated into Creole, that like, mm, I'm incriminating myself with the parents. (laughs) But yeah, I am really open. I'm happy to talk about anything, even like sensitive subjects. Any anecdotes that you find are similar or you just like want to be able to have a space, like a safe space to talk about it. We're here. I'm here. And I'm always on Twitter. So She anyway hit me up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I do have someone to highlight. Mm -hmm. And if you guys follow us on Instagram, you probably saw it already that I posted on uh, the Instagram story. And it's Filthy Cosmetics. That's right. I did see that. Yeah. So I had come across their website and I've been wanting to purchase something. And earlier they posted about a sale that they have going on. So I was like, yes, a sale. Perfect. I'm going to take advantage and buy some of the products that I've been wanting to try. But then I kept on reading And this person said that the reason why they have this sale going on is because now they're going to have like an actual location, I guess like offices as well. And so the purpose of this is to make enough money in order to buy furniture and also like train the woman that will be working in this space. And so this is awesome. Of course I am supporting for a good cause like buying skincare products and supporting a good cause. Yes, sign me up. And so the founder of this um of this product line is she apparently like before she was homeless. Oh wow. Yeah, so I haven't really looked into her story as much, but she did post. She said from homeless to having my first filthy labs location. Oh my god. So I was like, yes, of course I'm going to support you. Yes. So if obviously like by the time you hear this podcast, if if it's there, if the um website is still up, definitely like purchase something. You'll be doing it for a good cause because she did say that um once uh she hits her her goal, like the the finan the The monetary goal she wants to reach, the website is going to shut down. So that way they kind of like just take care of the orders that were placed this week. And I guess Mm -hmm. also kind of like revamp the website and Mm -hmm. put a new shipping uh, process in order. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, basically once she comes back, it's going to be all these changes, working with women. and
1: Oh, I love that. I love, love, love that. So not
0: only did this woman create her own brand, but now she's also giving women jobs. Mm -hmm. So really wanted to highlight it. I'm so proud. I'm so happy for her. And I can't wait to try my goodies because I'm always waiting for a package.
1: That's amazing. (laughs) I wish there was just like, I mean, yeah, I just like wish there was just like a, I don't know like you know what I'm talking about in terms of like homelessness I wish it wasn't like one or two climbing out of it yes you know I really wish there was like at least like basic needs were met and then like people would really flourish yeah you know but that honestly that is a really good story that's a great story So
0: now, anyone you want to send to hell? Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> How much time you got? <laughs> oh, a few minutes. A few minutes. Oh, just a few minutes. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, I think this is like... I just want to say I'm more than mildly annoyed with this person. I don't want to, like... Write them off completely because one, I think they're going to keep doing nonsense. So I want to keep them in my back pocket. So I guess I'm sending them to the purgatory. Yeah, even though purgatory doesn't exist anymore. Whatever. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. So I, Anna Navarro, <laughs> who is a CNN contributor, and she was really um, during the 2016. Um, yeah, yeah. You guys already know this is political. <laughs> Don't act surprised. Anyways. During the twenty sixteen election, she was like of like um coming out more and more as this personality. She yes, she is a Latino uh Republican, but she is like adamantly against Trump because of like he's very piggish and you know, all the things, which is like, yeah, duh. We have eyes and ears, like he's a repulsive human being. Like everyone should be against him if you have like moral character, mm-hmm. moral standing. Um, senator John McCain, who's a Republican senator and a presidential candidate, um uh recently passed away this week from brain tumor. Oh that's yeah. right. And uh um an icon, a diva a great, and a activist, Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. um, also passed away um within that same time frame. I believe from pancreatic cancer, but so there was just like very notable. um, There's very notable deaths that happened, and you know how Twitter is. It's like the they people have to capitalize on how much they like outdo each other in terms of tweets and witticism and like all that, and like I, Twitter is weirdly religious when it comes to like oh you know all these greats are in heaven right now and heaven must be popping with like all these musicians and like all these like celebrities that died. And like, this is, this is a weird fetishization of heaven and hell. Um, oh yeah. And so she like tweeted this thing about the thought of Aretha Franklin and John McCain sitting in the freshman class, of heaven oh. makes her smile. I'm oh. like, heaven is forever. What do you mean freshman class? <laughs> what the hell? Okay, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> that tweet. Because you're like a very apolitical person and you're even like, what is going on with that? Yeah. Okay, I'm glad. I'm not just like over politically no. reacting. <laughs> um, yeah, it's utter nonsense because like people have pointed out that like Aretha Franklin um, has I think she sang at um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, funeral Mm -hmm. and um, Senator John McCain voted against making MLK Day an actual day so So for no no no. they're not going to be sitting together (laughs) no they won't no they won't they did not have the same values ugh yeah, she's um, irritating, <laughs> to say the least. Also, I remember that one tweet she made when she did her—I guess it was twenty-three andme She did her ancestry, whatever, um, and she found out she was like one percent black. And she was like, "Yeah, I knew I was a sister." I was like, mm. do "Not ever." Oh, no, know. someone should really remove like Twitter from her sphere. Just, like, her 30-mile radius. <laughs> but undoubtedly, she's going to do something else again, and I probably will remove her from purgatory and send her to hell. But, yeah, that's um, that's something I've been annoyed at. It's okay. not terrible. It's not as bad as, like, you know, hating the administration for child separation, but we've gone on about that. Right, yes.
0: Okay. mm mm-hmm that is it for this episode nice don't forget to rate us please and also subscribe to us Mm -hmm. i mean no and
1: follow (laughs) us on twitter yeah (laughs)
0: because you don't subscribe there
1: no but yeah and then also leave us reviews and talk about how cute we sound and how funny we are (laughs) i mean i guess give us critiques whatever but yeah uh, no construct constructive criticism Criti- yeah until we were like disa samira and then we only want undying love <laughs> from everyone yes
0: awesome mm-hmm. have a great weekend everyone stay i was gonna say stay safe but i don't know if that's the right word
1: well i mean stay hydrated for sure yes And no, I mean, do they do fireworks for Labor Day? You know me and fireworks, we don't, I don't drive. No, no. Okay, well, enjoy your Labor Days. Yes. Bye. Bye. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.